an interviewer asked me recently, <laughs> they said, do you think you'll ever accomplish your, your, your goal to transform a country? I said, well, the odds are very high that I won't. I mean, you know, you know, it's a hard job, but I, I would rather die trying something bigger than me and bigger than life than to, you know, achieve something that yeah, I can get with two other people. So in my life, there is no finish line. There's never been a finish line. So I'm not trying to cross anything. I, I, what I notice about people who have a finish line is that when they cross the finish line, they're finished. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an incredible, amazing, exciting guest lined up for you today. He is one of my personal thought leader heroes. He is the world's number one thought leader of all time in the area of leadership. He has written dozens and dozens of books. He has sold nearly 40 million copies of those books. He's a man of faith. He has created organizations such as Equip to help in a nonprofit fashion train over 5 million leaders in 180 countries. He is the number one authority on leadership in the world. He's the founder of the John Maxwell Company and the John Maxwell team. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one the only, the legendary John Maxwell. Welcome to the show, John. Hey, Nikki, great to be with you. Great to be with your listeners, and uh, I'm your friend, and I'm the friend of anybody that uh, kind of sits at your table and, and, and gleans from the truths and the principles you teach. So let's make it a good podcast for them, okay? We will. We sure will. So, John, many of our listeners have heard of you and know who you are, but they may not know your backstory. How did you get to be the great, legendary John Maxwell? Well, first of all, uh, I, I would I would think I would start my story by saying that I, I really couldn't do a goal-setting seminar with integrity. Now, I'm, I'm really for goal-setting, but my life uh, has had a path to it that has been better and bigger than I could have ever thought or imagined or set goals for. You know, grew up in a, just a, a little town in the middle of Ohio called Circleville and have an older brother, a younger sister, just three of us, beautiful, beautiful parents, good home background, loved to play ball, just a kid that wanted to have fun and have a lot of friends. Uh, felt called, really, to go into ministry and be a pastor. So that's kind of where I started. And I, very quickly, I had success growing congregations. And by the time I was 29, I had the 10th largest church in America. And, wow. And that, that's what, this is where the turn happened, Nikki. I had pastors ask me, well, you know, how do you do this? And to be honest with you, it was, it never was brilliant to me. I just knew what I was doing. And so I kind of dumbed down things and that, you know, I just would say, well, you know, just go, you know, help people, add value to them, believe in them and, you know, teach good stuff. And, and, and my answers were not 
going very well. And it hit me, but it took me a couple of years. It just hit me that I just really knew how to lead well. And it was my ability to lead people that was growing everything. And it was at about that same time I came up with the, the statement that I, it, that is why I do what I do all the time. And the only difference between the statement 1976 and the statement today is that, that I'm, I know the statement to be more true today than ever before and I'm more passionate about it. So the fire burns greater than ever before. And the statement is everything rises and falls on leadership hmm. because it does. You show me anything, anything, doesn't matter. School, educa- education, business, religion, government, does, doesn't matter. You just give it to me. I can promise you if there's a problem there, it's a leadership problem. And if there's something that's amazing about it, it's, a lead, it's, it's good leadership. The moment, the moment that I truly bought into that and believed in that, I said that if that is true, which it is, that I'm going to spend the rest of my life learning how to be a better leader, practicing leadership, getting leadership experiences, talking to people that are great leaders. And I'm going to, I'm just diving into the leadership pool and I'm never coming out. And hopefully someday I'll be able to write about it. Someday I'll be able to teach about it. Someday I'll be able to help people become leaders. And about that same time, Nikki, I came to the conclusion that you can develop leaders. That it's not this thing that I grew up with that leaders are, you know, you know, either leaders are born or they're not born. And and I wrote a book. I wrote a book in the early nineties called Developing the Leader Within You. And that was my breakthrough book. Because it was it was the first book. It was the first book that just basically said you could develop yourself as a leader. And up until then, you just kind of thought you either had it or you didn't. And it gave a lot of people not only hope, but it gave them help because I gave them steps on how do you develop yourself as a leader. And they took that as a guide. That book now is the second best-selling leadership book ever written. My book, The 21 Laws of Leadership, is the best-selling one. But but the, the Developing a Leader Within You, which was just revised last year to Developing a Leader Within You 2.0, it's the master guide on how, how to develop yourself as a leader. So when people say, well, I want to become a leader, I just say, go read it and, and practice it, and you become one. And uh, those those thoughts, everything rises falls on leadership, Got me into the leadership pool. And then when I realized I could develop leaders, I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life developing leaders. So I, I began to write. Uh, I didn't have any desire to write, but I had a mentor who had written six books. And one day at lunch, I asked him, I said, Les, why, why, do you, why do you write books? And he said, I write books to influence people beyond my personal touch. Hmm. And at that moment, Nikki, at that moment, I looked at him and said, I'm going to become a writer. And the reason I became a writer wasn't to be a writer. I became a writer to expand my influence, and that's exactly what has happened. Again, he was a great person in my mentor. In fact, he told me, he said, John, don't write books to make money. I said, no, I wanted to write books to change lives. I mean, my goal, my, I, I had one other mentor that was a writer, and he had sold 100,000 books in his lifetime. And so that was my goal. I could just sell 100,000 books. In my lifetime, that would, that would help 100,000 people. Think of how good that would be. I mean, little did I know that in my backlist, not even my new books, just my old books, sell over 100,000 copies a month. But, but everything was based on the fact of helping people learn how to develop themselves as leaders. And we did it. I have a nonprofit organization you talked about briefly, Equip. We've trained 5 million leaders in every country of the world. Every country. Wow. We're the only equip your organization to ever do that. And after I did that, 
I looked at my nonprofit board and they said, you know, touchdown, John. We wanted to train a million. We trained five. Are we done? I said, no. We just laid the foundation for what I really want to do. And as I want to transform nations. Uh, I, I believe you can. I believe you can change a nation if you do two things. I believe you can change a nation if you can teach them good values that they lear, learn and live. And I believe you can change a nation if you teach them the values that make a good leader. And if you can teach them how to lead and how to embrace good values, you can change a nation. So we strategically began to pick countries to go in and change. The president of the country has to give us the invitation. We don't come in unless they do. And uh, we now have 22 countries with prime ministers, presidents, or kings, because we're in Saudi Arabia. We, we, they have to ask us to come in. We come in on their invitation, and we vet them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and many don't make the grade, because if, if we vet them, they have, to, they, they have to buy into it themselves. And so the, the, you know, the president has to be in. And we do it all in small group roundtables. We teach values in groups of six to eight. So we, we start with all the leaders in government, all the leaders in business, all the leaders in education, all the leaders in media, all the leaders in arts, all the leaders in religion. We took all, all the leaders in, in healthcare. We take the eight streams of influence and get buy-in of all the top leaders. They get into the round tables on values themselves because influence filters down, not up. We are now in three countries uh, and just seeing amazing things have we're not, uh, in Guatemala, Paraguay, and Costa Rica, getting ready to go into our fourth country here in a couple of months. We're vetting them, fine, doing one final vetting on them. But uh, we're seeing huge change. Malcolm Gladwell talks about the tipping point, 10%. Yep. And so our goal is to go in and get 10% of a country in roundtables on values. And if we can do that, we believe we could begin to change that country as far as how they think about themselves, how they think about others. And so that's what we're doing right now. You know, I'll, I'll do this the rest of my life because we're seeing we're over a half a million now in Guatemala alone in round tables. And we've seen huge, huge change, huge change already in the government and in the country. And so that's what we're doing. An interviewer asked me recently, <laughs> they said, do you think you'll ever accomplish your, your, your goal of transforming a country? I said, well, the odds are very high that I won't. I mean, you know, you know it's a hard job. But I, I would rather die trying something bigger than me and bigger than life than to, you know, achieve something that yeah, I could get with two other people. So in my life, there is no finish line. There's never been a finish line. So I'm not trying to cross anything. I, I, what I notice about people who have a finish line is that when they cross the finish line, they're finished. Yeah. And, and I've, always, I've always thought that's kind of a crappy life to live. You know, you, I finished. Now what do I do? Well, <clears throat> while I breathe for the next 16 years. So I, I, I play an infinite game, not a finite game. And uh, it's, it's a game of adding value to people, training people how to lead and do leadership and improving their lives. And, you know, my passion's like yours. You, I mean, the reason you do the podcast, Nikki, the reason you do what you do is all you really want to do is add value to people. You just want to walk into somebody's life and when it's done, they look at you, Nikki, and they say, my life's better because you got in it. Amen. Than if I would have never known you. I mean, that's what we do. So it's a simple life. That's kind of my story. It's just it's just gotten carried away and got it bigger than I would have ever anticipated. But here I am, and I'm 72, and I'm having the greatest time of my life, and reaping the greatest rewards of my life, and being fulfilled to the greatest degree of my life. And so I'm I'm cooking. John. 
I'm blown away. I, I'm speechless. That doesn't happen very often. I'll tell you that right now. And th- <laughs> there, there's a lot to unpack in what you said. So I'm, I'm going to start with what you're doing to change nations first, because that to me is God's work. You know, you, you started off yeah, your is. career as, as a yeah. pastor, but the world is bereft of love right now. And when there are men like you who go and seek out leaders, leaders of like mind who want to make a difference in their own nations, and, 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 and you're, you're stepping forward and you're saying, you know what, I may not succeed, but I'm going for it. That's incredible. That's incredible. We need that so badly. The entire world needs that. If we had that, we wouldn't have all these problems with, you know, things like uh, war and terrorism and and, and hatred that, yeah. that just seems to all be endemic, e- even, even in the West. I mean, I, I live in Canada. You live in the United States. You know, the last 10, 15 years, it appears that political differences are, are, are having people stop being friends with one another. It just blows me away. I had a friend of mine who found out that I support a particular political candidate here in Canada and said, hey, listen, you know what? I can't be your friend anymore. I'm like, are you kidding me? We've known each other for 20 years. That's insane. It's a free society. Yeah, it it is ridiculous. You know, what you said about the tipping point that Malcolm Gladwell talked about, I remember years ago, Marianne Williamson talked about something similar And she'd cited some studies that were done around the civil rights movement in the United States because civil rights efforts had been ongoing since the end of the the Civil War in 1865, yet for nearly 100 years, they didn't really make much of a difference. But when a leader named Martin Luther King came uh, to the forefront of the consciousness of the nation, he had a plan, and his plan was he wanted to get, Marianne Williamson said it was 11%. I remember the talk that she gave on it, but he wanted to get 11% of the population of the United States to support the civil rights agenda. And, and, and he, he'd learned this from Gandhi, apparently, because that's what Gandhi worked on in India. And he felt that once he had 11% buying into the civil rights agenda, it would very quickly take on a momentum of its own. And that's what happened. From the time Martin yep. Luther King started his efforts Till the civil rights bills were passed in 64 and 65, uh, you know, it, it seemed like it happened in the blink of an eye, but it happened in the blink of an eye because there was an individual very much like yourself who decided that he was going to influence a certain number of people. And once he did that, the nation would change. That's incredible. And that, that it's incredible that you're taking that on and bringing it into so many countries. So kudos for doing that, sir. Well, you know, uh, Nikki, uh, you know, Bernice King, uh, Martin Luther King's youngest uh, child, who is the most like him, I, I, I've mentored her wow. and uh, was a, a, a good friend to uh, Credit Scott King. And so I spent quite a bit of time with the family. And a lot of what I do today was influenced, of course, by, by what he did. And you're you're so insightful on Again, going back to that 10%, 11% kind of idea, you know, we have we have an idea, we have to do a majority to get something changed. But, but you know, mass movements don't begin with the mass. No. Uh, they, they begin with a few people who really are committed. You know, one person said, one person with great passion and conviction is a majority. And um, there's a lot Andrew of Andrew Jackson that. said so, that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was angry. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. Well, so our strategy transforming the country is threefold. Top down, inside out, small big. 
top down is the fact that we won't come in unless we get the buy-in of the top people in the country because influence filters down, not up. So that's the first step. So, but when we come in, we tell them, okay, now now we're going to go small, big. We're going to do it in round tables because transformation doesn't happen in mass and it doesn't happen in large gatherings. It happens when a few people sit around the table and talk about great values or great ideas and they begin to interact and that's where it begins to spark the change in person's life. So that's it. That's, that's, that's small, big. And, and then that round table becomes another round table until like in Guatemala, we have a half a million people now in round tables and just keeps expanding. So top down, uh, small, big, and then thirdly is inside out. We don't go in trying to change laws. In fact, when I was invited and went to Saudi Arabia, in fact, a year ago, right now, in fact, on the weekend of Easter a year ago, I was in Saudi Arabia with the family, and of course, that's you know that that's a kingdom there, and with the top 120 business, educational uh, thought leaders in the country, and I spent three days with them. And the king made an edict that by 2030 that uh, Saudi Arabia would be a more moderate Muslim nation and be trans- transformed. Wow. And so I walked through, I walked through what that meant because they want, they kept, said, come in and help us do it. They, in fact, they invited me to come in and be the – and so on my last talk to them on that last day, on Sunday afternoon, Easter Sunday afternoon, I'll never forget, I sat down with the, with those – those it was about 170 key people in, in uh, Saudi Arabia – and I shared with him, I said, now I know what the king has said, and it's a great edict, and I applaud him for it, but you can't change a, a country on the outside in. You, you can't lo- use laws to change a country because, you know, people will get around laws. You, you, it's got to be on the inside out. It's got to be values. A person has to change themselves before they can change everything else around them. And uh, so I shared with them the 16 values that we teach and, uh, and, and they got they gave a tremendous buy and they asked us to train twenty thousand facilitators in Saudi Arabia to begin teaching those values and uh, and away we go. But 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 that's how we do it. It's it's top down because that's the way influence works. It's small big because you don't start mass movements with the mass. You you get a few people that buy into something so big that they become contagious and then it's inside out. When people learn good values and then they live good values. They become more valuable to their community, and they become more valuable to themselves. And what we've done, the reason we're having the problems you talked about, Nikki, is we are we we are value deficit. We've lost our way. We've lost our way on values. Lost our way on respecting other people and uh, even other people's points of view. We we've lost our way on values. And now it's it's not about what's right. It's all it's all about what do I think and what what it's all about me. So we're paying a price for it, but it's okay. It's okay. I, I don't even mind society getting desperate because the only way they make changes is when they get desperate. You know, people people only change three times in their life. When they hurt enough, they have to. They learn enough, they want to, or they receive enough, they're able to. And and so every leader knows that those are the only three types of change that ever happen in an organization. So every leader looks for one of those three things to begin happening so they can seed and seize the opportunity, and and uh, that's kind of what we do. Anyway, that's 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 our that's our game plan for transformation, and it's really working well. It's, in fact, my biggest challenge now, we have a bunch of countries on the list, and I can't get to them. So yeah. I'm working with some major players, leaders right now, on making this more scalable than it is, 
so that we can begin to do two to three countries a year instead of what we're doing. And it's a manpower issue. That's one of the reasons I have a coaching company because, you know, I've got, I got 26,000 coaches around the world now and, and they, they, they've become legs to my legacy. Legs uh, to your legacy. I love that. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 They're my foot soldiers. Yeah. And again, you have to have legs. Uh, You know, legacy doesn't happen in institutions, organizations, branding or anything else that happens in people. And the only way you keep anything alive is that people keep it alive. And so, so we have purposely developed all these different things that we do so that our message can not only have, have weight, in what it says, but it can have people that will carry that weight. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of what we're trying to do. And, you know, it's working really well. Our, our, you know, I'm just over my head. I, I don't have enough, I don't have enough great people. And, and, and right now I don't have enough time and, but, but, but it's okay. We're, we're taking what we can and, and moving forward. And hopefully by next year we can scale this to maybe do two countries a year, and build it up. But, the other thing, what, what just one other thing that I want to say about what happens in, when you live on a, what I would call a, um, a high vision level. The, the only reason I cast vision, you know, people say, well, you cast vision to unite people, and, and it does some, but the, I've never cast vision to unite people. I've, I've, I've cast vision to divide them. I've got to very quickly give out the big vision to find out who's on the team and who's not. Yes. Some of the most wasted energy in life, Nikki, is trying to have people do what they either can't do or won't do. Yes. And I, I, I watch a lot of people just, you know, holding the train another 15 minutes trying to coax somebody else to get in the car. Mm-hmm. I cast vision, big vision, because what I found is you cast big vision. Big people are attracted to it. The smaller people are absolutely fearful of it. Yes. And so... I cast it out there so that I could get the separation as quickly as possible so I know who to work with. Because if you don't know who to work with, you're working with the wrong people. And, and now you're just, it's, it's not only labor intensive, it's, it's, it's labor futility. So what I've discovered is in the last few five years of my life, Nick, is the people that I'm attracting to my organizations, and the people are just saying, here, I want to be, I, I want to be part of this movement. I, you know, they're just, I, I, you know, I used to go seek them, and now I, I just vet them because they're, they, I don't have to seek them. They, they find, find me, and they're finding it, and they're, and they're sitting down saying, how can I be on this team? What can I do? And so, you know, we're grateful, but that's our challenge now is taking the people that really want hmm. to, to live a life of significance and saying, okay, how do we, how do, we do this? I'll tell you, John, I'm very moved by what you've shared today because I believe that the world is bereft of love and we need more love in the world and we need to bring people back to bedrock values. And anything I can do to help you do this, I will do. Come back on the podcast, bring some of your leaders on the podcast. Love to have uh, the folks that are helping lead the nation initiative come on the show and talk about it. Um, yeah, we'll do it. Let's make that real. Um, I, I'm friends, uh, not, not close, close friends, but I'm friends with the premier of Ontario. That's like a governor of our largest state. His name is Doug yeah. Ford. When my lady set her first uh, Guinness World Record, she was 48 at the time, 
running for 12 hours on the treadmill. He was a city official at that time, and he came and he actually uh, certified it because we needed a, a, a government official to make the record official. And he's just a good man, and he he's you know he definitely has uh, his detractors, but he wants to make this province a better place. And I I know his uh, chief legislative aide. I'd love to connect people on your team with this man. Having on, Ontario's a very powerful, rich province, I'd say we would be comparable to California or Texas or Florida in yeah, terms of our size, sure. size and influence. So uh, it would be good to to make those kinds of things happen. And I'm an idea a minute guy, so I've got about 100 ideas and five of them are good and the rest of them are probably not. But I think this one might be a decent idea. To connect yeah, you we got to have a hundred to get five, but yeah, we, yeah, we do, we do, we do. Yeah, I tell people, I tell people, don't, 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 don't just try to squeeze out of the idea. Just throw them out. Yeah, you know, and see, yeah. and, 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 and see. Well, you know what? I, I'm making notes, Nikki, and and I made a note that you want to maybe partner with us in transformation, and and and, and again, or, or any of your people. If they're interested, I mean, again, we're just, our, our agenda is extremely simple. It's all about, you know, success is all about me and what I've done and, sure. you know, the money I make and the career I've got and, you know, the stuff I have, but significance is all about others. It's all about others. And, <laughs> and I know a lot of people, you do too, Nikki. I know a lot of very unhappy, successful people. Oh, I, sure. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of filthy, rich, unhappy friends. Me too. But me I too. have never, never, never. Did I say never? I've never met a person that took all those resources that they have and began to pour it into adding value and helping people. I've never, and that's when I say they crossed the line from success to significance. I have never met a person that is living for others, adding value to others that's unhappy. I've never met one. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible because we were created to be our brother, our sister's keeper. We were. We were. And, um, so that's the life I live, and that's you know all of my companies. We're all we're all we're all going in the same direction. That is to teach people how to you know how to be fulfilled by living a life of significance. That's that's fantastic. I think that's that that's absolutely incredible. It, it's not what I thought we'd be talking about on the show. I'll be honest, but I'm glad we are talking about it. <laughs> Um, let's, well, you, let's you make some connections. Me another way, buddy. I'm, I'm your guest. I'll help. No, you're doing you. great. You you're doing you great. <laughs> you're, you're doing great. I love organic conversations because. <laughs> Things come so this up. This is organic. That, this is organic because things come up that are going to touch people, people's hearts. The the people that listen to this show are entrepreneurs. They're men and women who want to make a difference for their fellow man and fellow woman. And many of these folks see that their fellow man and woman is suffering out there in the world. You know, they're suffering in, in areas of love. They're suffering in areas of of uh, of health. They're suffering. In, uh, with their finances, they're suffering with their business, they're suffering with their relationships with their children. And our, and our listeners are all people who are good, loving, caring people that want to make a difference. They want to help end that suffering, yet they don't know how. They're frustrated because they see that there's people who are maybe not quite as enlightened as they are trying to get out and help people. And, and those folks are, are good at marketing, they're good at enrolling, but they're, they're not necessarily good at delivering the result. And many members of our audience are great at delivering the result, but they haven't figured out how to make the business tick yet. And they listen to this show to be inspired by folks like you. Well, thank you, Nick. And, and when you talk about your entrepreneurs, because that's the subject I'll talk about too, I was just, I write every day. 
and preceding writing is thinking. So I think every day. I'm very intentional in my thinking and my writing. And, and so every day I'm logging ideas, thoughts, very similar to I'm sure what you do, Nikki. And the other day I was, this just, just did, I mean, this is three days old. But I was, I was trying to help entrepreneurs uh, as far as their, you know, personal belief is, believing in yourself is essential. You know, you know, what number do you put on your own head? And I've known, I've known people that overcame the lack of belief that others had in it, but I've never known a person overcome the lack of belief they had in themselves. And so the personal belief is essential, but I've been, the thing I've been pondering for now quite some time, several months, is I watch people with personal belief and they don't like that, but they still don't gain traction. So I'm, I'm just saying, okay, what, 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 where, where's it, where's the missing piece here? And I, I think the other day it came to me that they have to have another kind of belief besides personal belief. They have to have purpose belief. Mm, love they, it. And here's what I've noticed that, that, one without the other isn't going. I, I know people that just have a cause that they just would die for, but they don't believe in themselves as being the catalyst for it. And, and so, therefore, it, it never gets traction. I know people who have great belief in themselves, but they don't have a purpose. They don't. They, they don't have a bigger than themselves. And so, therefore, they're you know they're going around confidently doing stuff, but they're not going around confidently doing things that have life change to it. Mm. And so, it, well, I was thinking. And what I do is I think and write on doing a four color pit on a legal pad. I'm a Neanderthal man, but but in that process, I, I came to the conclusion that your personal belief and your purpose belief have got to both be high for you to be successful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and it's not either or; it's both. Then. And 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 it's got to be at least. I, I would tell the person they got from a one to a ten. It's got to be at least a seven. And 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 really desperately needs to be a nine. And and so I, I I'm just starting now. That it's I mean again, this is just three days old, but but it's just for your since you got a lot of people entrepreneurial, I, it's, you know where they say okay, I'm, I'm really getting my confidence. I believe in myself, but do you have a purpose bigger than yourself? What, what kind of purpose belief do you have? Write that purpose belief down, and then then put a number on it, and, and that's going to tell you real right real quickly if if you got a shot at getting it or not. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. You, you know, every man and woman on, on earth was put here, I think, for a number of things. And you, you've, you've touched on, on, on all of them. But in my opinion, I say we're here to live, to love, to learn, to grow, to contribute, to serve, and to win. And, and all of those entail having uh, a personal belief in, in yourself and in your abilities, but you must have a purpose bigger than self because otherwise it gets old really fast. Those people you talked about, John, that are very wealthy but are miserable, they don't have a purpose bigger than their own wealth. If they had a purpose bigger than their own wealth, they wouldn't be miserable. That's exactly right. They've got to, you've got to live beyond yourself. But you see, you and I, I honestly, Nick, you and I are really on the same page there. I mean, sure. we're not on the same We're not on the same page. We're on the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Probably on the same word, but no, you're 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 a soulmate there, friend. Totally, I you, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing for people, and this podcast is just one of the many things you're doing. But I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Keep it up. God bless you for saying that. Thank you so much, John. 
could we talk about a few of the laws of leadership? Because one, one of the first books of yours that I read was the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and it had a profound impact on me. And I know that you, you have a new book on leadership coming out. Maybe we could talk a bit about that and some of the principles in there, because I think they make such a difference for people. Yeah, I would love to. I have a new book's just been out for about three weeks called Leadership, S-H-I-F-T. Wow. And, uh, and the reason I wrote the book is I, I was doing a pre-call with a company I was going to go in and speak to, and they gave me their theme, and they wanted me to respond to what I thought about their theme. Their theme was fast forward. And I said, well, you know, there are only two words in the theme, so let me take them individually. I said, fast to me, when I think of fast, fast is faster today than it's ever been before. It, it's, and it's not going to slow, slow down. It's going to speed up when people say, well, you know, you know, John, I, I, you know, I'm waiting for things to kind of settle before I make a decision. I, I, I look at him and say, you're going to die first. I mean, <laughs> things, are, things aren't going to settle. Things aren't going to slow down fast is faster than it's ever been before. So it's, it's not going to get any slower. But to compound that fast issue, if you take the word forward, forward is shorter than it's ever been before. I mean, think about it. Uh, when I started off as a leader back in the olden days, the cave days, you could have a 10-year long-range plan. And a five-year was kind of a mid-range, and a two-year, well, that was your short-range plan. And you just kind of managed your life to that 10-year plan, and everybody just kind of worked with you. And, and, and you, there's no such thing as a 10-year plan now. I mean, a two-year plan, which was a short-range plan when I started now, is a ridiculously long-range plan. So forward is shorter than it's ever been before. It's continually getting compressed. Time is getting compressed. It's going faster and shorter. Well, when I got off of that call, Nikki, it just hit me immediately that I needed to write a book on how to become an agile, flexible, adjustable leader. Because the only leaders that are going to make it now are those that, that instead of having a, a, a plan and trying to get it fulfilled and following it to a T – is, is to, to be incredibly insightful, intuitive, and be able to at any moment change to take, take advantage of the opportunity that's reformed. Because opportunities now come immediately to us and quicker to us than they ever have before. So I wrote this leadership, which is a book about, I, in, in this book, it's 11 changes that I've gone through myself that shift from one thing to another to, to sustain and strengthen my leadership. And it's, it's things such as, uh, well, we talked about it kind of briefly, goals to growth. I used to be a goal-oriented person. Now I'm a growth-oriented person very much more. Uh, you know, uh, how, how I shifted from between being a soloist leader, which everything was on me and everybody was to support me on the team, to a conductor. It's not that they needed me, but that I needed them and we brought them together. And now I, I shine the light on, on, on them. Talk about how to go from a ladder climber to a ladder builder. Huge shift. I, I've, I've gone from ladder climbing to ladder, ladder holding to, to, to ladder extending to ladder building. And, and, and the book is all about these shifts. And the reason I do this is because when change occurs, a lot of times leaders are on the front. They don't have anybody else to follow. I thought, I think I need to kind of let everybody know these shifts are going to happen in your leadership. Hmm. And if they're not happening now, they're going to happen. So it's kind of like I'm your friend. I've already run this leadership race a lot. I already kind of know what's coming down the road. I had a billionaire friend of mine say that he monthly scheduled uh, lunches with people that were very successful, that were 10 years older than him. And he said, why 10 years? He said, I want to talk to somebody 
that's been on the road a little bit longer, not too much longer. He said, if it's 20 or 30, they've forgotten. If they're my peers, they don't know. But he said, 10 years is about the right number. And I look, and he said, I just look at him and say, okay, what's going to happen to me? What, what's happening down the road? Well, this leadership book is, here's your mentor, you know, father, friend who says, okay, I've gone down this road. These are shifts that you're going to have to make in your life. And it's good. It's good. But if you're ready for them, you just make them quicker and you make them better. It used to be come in first, second, or third. In our culture today, second and third are about to be eliminated. Hmm. You're, just, you're just either going to get there first because you were quick and nimble, or, or you're just going to be outside looking in. And, and so leadership is all about these shifts that you need to make. And, and, and here's a huge thought. There are a lot of times I've had to make downshifts in my leadership. I've, I've, I've literally had to shift down and go slower, back up to go higher. And, hmm. and, and, uh, and it's been, in fact, I've had made seven major career moves in my life and five of them I've downshifted to get there. I didn't upshift to go to another level. I downshifted to go to a different level with a different thought or a different career so that I get, and, and I had to start basically over again, but it was good because I would give up today all the stuff I had for the potential that I could have. And I call that trade-offs. So, you know, everybody has to make trade-offs in life. For everything you gain, you lose something. And what happens with successful people, the more they have, the less they want to trade off. And, and, and what keeps successful people from being ultra successful is they get enough stuff one day that they just don't want to risk it anymore. And, and, and so therefore they, they don't trade off. And when you don't trade off, you can't go up. You can't go up without trade-offs. You can't go up without leaders shifting and making these changes. So anyway, that's what the book's all about. I love it. So, so John, I'm going to pick up 30 copies for our um, mastermind group clients. Um, I, I, I'd love it if we could uh, find a way to get you to sign them. If that's possible, that'd be great. Uh, but I, listener, yeah, just uh, if, go to Linda. Go to Linda, my my assistant who's been with me for thirty two years. Tell her of our podcast. She has not podcast, but tell her that uh, I, I'm going to sign thirty copies. And 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 you're just going to have to wait probably for uh, maybe ten days to a couple weeks because I'm not, she's in Atlanta and I'm in Florida, so. We'll have to, you know, Absolutely. just wait. If 100%. You wait a little bit, be, I'd be thrilled to wait. Thrilled to wait. But we'll, we'll definitely do that. And, and listener, go pick up a copy of this book. This, this is John Maxwell's latest book. It, it, it's going to change your life. It, it, it's absolutely powerful. It's absolutely going to make a huge difference. I can't wait to read it myself. And um, John, you also have a new podcast out. Could you talk a little bit about the podcast and why it would benefit people to, to have a listen? Well, I do. Yeah, uh, I do have a new podcast that's out. And I, I, now when I say it's just out, I've, I've only done four of them. So it's really, really new, but it's taken off huge. We're well over a million people already on it. Wow. And um, so anyway, if you want to give it a listen, it's called me being unplugged because I read and, and think all the time. It's, it, I'm on it every two weeks. My CEO, Mark Cole, is on it every week, uh, giving you principles and application to what I teach. But it's, it's huge because I'm totally unplugged. He'll give me four or five thoughts that I'm just now thinking of, and I just give him fresh thoughts. So people are loving it because it's stuff that's not even in a book yet, but it's just things I'm thinking. But if you want to be on the podcast, go. It, these are all small letters. Go Just go to johnmaxwellpodcast.com. 
they'll tell you when I'm on and, and you can start listening. And I'd love to have you, love to have you. Thanks for that opportunity. And also on the leadership book, I have an online course that has gone crazy. I mean, crazy because I take the 11 shifts in the book that I talk about. And I spend 30 minutes teaching each one. And that, so that you really can understand the shifts, a whole bunch of stuff that's not in the book. But then what I did is I brought on some friends of mine to talk about the changes they've had to make in leadership, like Ed Bastian, who I've mentored for several years, who's the CEO of Delta, uh, Rachel Hollis, who's probably the, the hottest female writer going right now. But just yep. some of my friends, I just I brought them on and I did like a 15 minute interview with them on how they made their shifts in life. And once you get this, uh, you go on this online course, you have lifetime access to it. It's yours. And so if you'll just go, uh, let's see, go to leadershipbook.com. That's it. Leadershipbook.com. I think it's $395 online, or you can, I, they have ways to make three payments on it, whatever you want to do. Oh, but man, that, if you that, go to leadership. That's a steal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's good. But that's what I'm into adding value to people. So that's no problem. But leadershipbook.com. It's five hours of stuff. It's five hours of teaching on it. It's three ninety five. It's an online, uh, and you can make payments over three times if you want to do that. So leadershipbook.com for the for the online course, and I think they throw in a free book for that. I, I'm quite sure they give you a book for that on leadership. And then if you want on the podcast, just go to all small letters, johnmaxwellpodcast.com. Fantastic. Well, listen, I'll definitely grab a copy of the online course. I think that sounds great. I like to do about five or six of those a year. Uh, it's time for me to sign up for another one. Um, <laughs> so let, let's do it. We'll, you're, we'll a get... you're a beautiful friend, Nikki. Gosh. God bless Wait, you, I, 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 You know, I, I don't want to pester you, but every once in a while, let's just do a podcast together. I, I'm in. I'm in. We're, we're, I'm in. I'm in too. And let's um, let's make sure that we get a little bit intentional about what you're doing for the nations because I think that's that's important stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I got that down. Do you know Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI? Oh, I know I, Ivan very well, very very well. He, in fact, he, Ivan helps us with our our, our uh, John Maxwell team coaching company. Oh, I didn't know that. I've had Ivan on the show a couple of times. He's been a guest of mine on the podcast, and he's um, he's uh, gone to emeritus status with BNI. But I think BNI would be a phenomenal partner for what you're trying to do with the nations. And BNI is also a great place for folks that could become John Maxwell coaches too. So uh, I, I know Ivan and I know a couple of the um, uh, BNI country leaders as well, although I'm sure your relationship with them is even more solid than mine. But I think that those are some good ideas for you to think about. Yeah, and, and if, if any of your people are interested, we have a, we have the fastest growing, the largest coaching company in the world. Again, 26,000 coaches, 162 uh, countries. And, uh, you know, just go to uh, johnmaxwellteam.com. Just, you know, say if you're interested, they'll tell you all about how to become a coach if you, you, know, if you want to be that. We have leadership lanes, entrepreneurship lanes, uh, coaching lanes, uh, selling lanes. we got, I think, seven different lanes that we have. So, I love anyway, it. Anyway, leadership. I love anyway. it. I think that's important for people to check out as well. But I think BNI could be potentially a good organizational partner in some of the things you're trying to do. And maybe we should have an offline chat about that uh, at some point. Uh, John, we like, we like to end off each one of these episodes by asking you to give us three expert action steps that you recommend our listener take on in their life and their business right away to take it to the next level. So what say you? 
Okay, my friend. I love, by the way, I love that question. Uh, the, the only problem with your question is it's awfully hard to just give three, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. I, I, honest to God, I mean, I, I re- I've written down five, okay? so Give but, us five. But, hey, what the heck? You're John Maxwell. You no, get to well, get two extra. <laughs> well, yeah, that's okay. Okay, thank you. Well, well first of all, the first one I, I'll just mention, but I won't talk about. If anybody said, could you share one thing with me and only one thing, to be honest with you, Nikki, I'd share my faith if I could do that. I mean, I, I would never push that on anyone, but but that my faith is so core to who I am and, 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 and everything I've built it on. So, I mean, that that's the one. But but as far as just actions, here they are. Number one is um, be intentional with your life. 95% of the people are not intentional with their life. They accept their life and they don't lead it. Hmm. And I would say, especially be intentional. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff I would talk about. In fact, I wrote a book called Intentional Living, which is kind of the core value of my life. But, but I, I would just say two things for sure that you really have got to be intentional because this stuff, this stuff is not automatic and it won't come to you. You got to go to it. You got to be intentional. In it. And that is in your personal growth and development. And, and then secondly, in adding value to people. And, and so every, every day I'm intentional in those two areas. I'm intentional in developing myself and every day substantially uh, adding value to people. That's one. Number two is uh, get, get your own definition of success. Because I think success is a lot of things, a lot of people. I love it. So I says, well, I want to be successful. The first thing I say, well, what, what does that mean to you? And then I find it has a lot of meanings. But, but I, as in my tw- late twenties, I, I got a definition of success. I'm going to give it to you now. That has been literally the anchor of my entire life. Hmm. It's, it's threefold. I think success is number one, knowing my purpose in life. I am not certain anyone be, can become successful without knowing why they're here. Number two, growing to my maximum potential. Wow. The only guarantee, the only guarantee that tomorrow is going to get better is that I'm growing today. It's the only guarantee. And number three, sowing seeds that benefit others. I think that's the most well-rounded success definition that I've ever had for my life. And it's been with me for a lot of years, knowing my purpose in life, growing to my maximum potential and sowing seeds that benefit others. But, but that's mine. And I only give you mine because you, you, I, I want to spur you to go get your own. And it doesn't have to be mine to get one. Because here's what I discovered about this discovery and defining your own success Mm -hmm. is the fact that once you know what your success is to you, you quit chasing everything else. You you don't win being a chaser in life. And I watch people every day chase something. And I sit there and say, quit chasing. You you know, pursue. Don't chase. Pursue is intentional. Chasing is, oh my gosh, somebody just flashed something to me and I think I'd like to look into it. So get your own definition of success. Thirdly, oh my gosh, okay, I'm trying to eliminate here. Number three, develop a team around you and add value to them. uh, The only way you can compound anything in your life including money, time, influence, energy, is by having other people on your team who have the same mission and the same vision. Compounding only begins when you start developing a team. And no matter how good you are, you're not that good. You got to bring people around you that, that can make you, compliment you and complete you and make you better. 
And if I gave him a fourth one, it would be it would just simply mindset matters. The great the greatest gap in life is the thinking gap. We're not talking about IQ. The greatest gap in life is that successful people think differently than unsuccessful people. Amen. It's true. If I, sit, if I could just sit down with anybody and they say, "Help me, help me, help me," the first thing I do is I work on their mindset. What you know, because if I could, if I can get your mindset correct, the rest of the stuff just comes to you. In fact, I'm. I'm going to get off this. I'm going to do a, a tape here pretty soon. Oh, I got a maximum impact club that goes out. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a phone call, but it goes out to 40 some thousand people, whatever. But anyway, and, and I'm going, I'm going to talk to them a little bit of, uh, about that mindset today and, and, and how it, how it really matters. So anyway, uh, that those are mine. I hope they hope they work for you. John, they're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. I, I, I'm sitting here wrapped, listening to every word you're saying. You've been you've been giving us gold, and thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, listener, you're listening to the great John Maxwell, and he's probably inspired you, and you're thinking to yourself, well, how do I become? somebody who has purpose belief? How do I become somebody who lives my life beyond myself? How do I become this heart leader as well as a thought leader? And the answer to that question is very simple. First thing you want to do is you want to go to our website, ecircleacademy.com. There's a button in the top right-hand corner, and that button says, schedule your success call. And that will put you on the phone with myself or a member of my team. And we're going to have a real, honest, caring, loving conversation about you, about your purpose, about the impact you're meant to make on the world, and how to take that impact and not only have it serve the people you're meant to serve, but also have it serve you and your family so that you can grow your business. And the income conversation and the financial worries will be taken away forever. So make sure you do that. Go to ecircleacademy.com. Go to the button in the top right-hand corner and schedule your success call. John Maxwell, thank you so much for honoring us with your presence on the show today, my friend. Hey, what a joy. This has been a lot of fun. And, uh, I can see why you're so successful, Nikki. I mean, you you just have a great heart to help people, and you're doing it so well in all the different facets of your career and what you're doing. So, hey, uh, we're friends, and let's keep doing some stuff together and making a difference, a positive difference in people's lives. I'm in. I'm in like Flynn, as they say. I'm, I'm going to come up with a bunch of ideas. Like I say, the 100 ideas, we'll throw them out there, and hopefully five of them will be good, and we'll find ways to to move forward on those. So... Listener, that wraps up another amazing, exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only John Maxwell, go to the show notes. We're going to put details out there on his new book, on the online course based on the new book. We're going to put details out there on his podcast, on the work that he's doing to help nations, on the work that he's doing to help people through the coaching company that he has. All that information is going to be in the show notes. Make sure you take advantage of it. And if you want to get on the phone with myself or a member of my team to help you uncover that purpose and live life as a thought leader and a heart leader, 
go to our website, ecircleacademy.com and click on the button in the top right hand corner. Until next time, goodbye.